Hey everybody, thanks for watching. Um, I'm Pastor Jason with the River Church and I have my friend and co-author Mark Anderson with me who is a leading uh, expert. Well, specialist. Uh, specialist. <laughs> I call him leading authority. He's in a leading authority on the Bilderberg Group, on the banking cabal, and uh, on so many other things dealing with government, the globalist, and uh, how that they're structuring things and trying to uh, really uh, put their agenda off onto civilization. And so, but uh, he's here with with me today. And really, this is our channel. I mean, we're, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a pastor. Mark is a journalist, over 37 years, and uh, but uh, you know it's amazing how God has put us together, and so we really are addressing different things, writing some different books, going to have some books out, they're going to be amazing, I mean with facts in them, I mean you know we're not going to spin this thing, it's going to have facts, and we're going to inform people so they can get involved, and that's really what this is, you know we, we talk about freedom, we talk about liberty, so we talk about the natural side, the spiritual side. And, uh, but it's so that people can then get involved. You know, the, 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 the thing is, for me, I wouldn't want anybody watching these videos and then doesn't do anything. We want them to get involved. Absolutely. Get involved at the local level. I mean, whatever, what, whatever it is, because there's a call of God on your life, in case you don't know that. Every single person, there's a call of God on your life. God has a plan and a purpose. And it's your job and your responsibility to find out what that is. As a pastor, I can tell you so many people, that's what they ask they ask me, what's my purpose in life? They struggle through life because they're looking for what is my purpose. So we're fulfilling our purpose. That's why we have fun in life. That's why we know exactly what we're doing. And, you know, certainly we come under persecution and attacks. But, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, what are you going to threaten me with, heaven? I mean, come on. You say, put a gun to my head and say, you know, uh, to deny Christ and then I can live? What, are you kidding me? You threaten me with heaven, man. Get it, get out of here. Get a grip. <laughs> That's a but good, in any case, good way of putting it. Yeah. That's about but, 34 years, just for the record. Not quite 37. Okay. But, uh, but well, I always get them, you know, because you are. You're. A, he's a, a, I mean, I say expert specialist, but really a leading authority on a lot of these different organizations, secret society. And uh, so, um, but also you have Stop the Presses. So, you know. Yeah, that's what I call my General News Association. I work with some other alternative journalists sure. around the world, and I've worked with film crews and whatnot. And recently, I was at the southern border. We're, I think we're going to talk about the border issue. Yeah, on we're going to talk stuff. about border issues today. So, Yeah, and, and um, the border is a tricky issue. Um, it's really been something, of course, that was uh, promised by President Trump that he'd get control of the southern right. border. Right, yeah, which is a 1,900-mile border, of course, from the mouth of the Rio Grande in the Gulf of Mexico all the way to California at the Pacific Ocean. 1,900 and some change, as they say. Yeah. And here in the Rio Grande Valley, where we're filming from uh, 24 May 2019 today, it's a four-county area. Cameron, Hidalgo, Star, and Willisey, I believe. Right. And this is where... On average, more illegal immigrants, more illegal aliens are coming across the border than at any other place in the country most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. San Diego, uh, San Diego, Tijuana area, there's a little bit of a competition there. But I recently went to um, see Hector Escamilla speak, and he spoke to the McAllen Citizens League, and he gave a, a very interesting talk, very factual, very objective, and he said... Um, 
they have about 3,100 agents in the Rio Grande Valley sector. And, but the Border Patrol's responsibilities also include the entire Gulf Coastline all the way up to Texarkana and to the Louisiana line. Did you know that? Wow. And, and to the Arkansas line. Arkansas line, okay. But, but basically, uh, wherever the Gulf Coast is. So they, yeah. they help guard the coast. The borders include the sea borders. Yes. So the Border Patrol is not just the land borders, which, you know, you kind of overlook that. But they got about 3,100 agents for the Rio Grande Valley sector. They need twice that or better. And what Hector Escamilla said was that they, one of the things they need to do is Border Patrol agents need to be given the power to question would-be refugees and asylum seekers um, and be able to have the Border Patrol agents process them so there's more agents processing at any given time so the processing is more efficient. Therefore, they can be put in the proper detainment right. or in many cases, he said, deported, depending on their status. And all of this could be done efficiently without a huge backlog because the bottleneck in the backlog is what creates the incentive to just put the illegal aliens, undocumented immigrants, whatever you want to call them, on a bus, whether they're real families or you know, pseudo families, right. not necessarily real ones. Which or is individual. happening, which is, which is a lot, a lot of the cases, that's what's happening. Right. Or individuals. And the incentive then is to put them on a bus and send them oftentimes rather far away and then just hope they'll show up for their asylum or court hearing. Yeah. But as, as was explained by Hector, the, 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 the intent or the desire now is for the border patrol to get that approval. So more of their own agents as they add more to go from 3,100 maybe to six or 7,000 for just for the Rio Grande Valley sector, have some of them assigned to treat the asylum requests, get everything more efficient, get rid of the backlog, get, get more immigration judges, which President Trump, I believe, has referred to. Right. And others. Yeah. And it's not just about the wall. I know people get all bent out of shape over the wall. Oh, yeah. Uh, the wall, as Hector said, and many other people I've spoken to, including private citizen border watchers, and I didn't go to New Mexico for those guys. I, there was there's private citizen border watchers here. Mm -hmm. I rode with some of them near the border in 2008. Um, I have considerable experience in this area, although a little off and on. But then uh, I visited one in um, Brownsville, just across from Matamoros, a citizen border watcher there, about four or five weeks ago in mid-April of 2019. And the the border wall. Many agree it needs to be there. It needs to be uh, done with better technology. There's gaps in this tactical infrastructure right. that need to be filled. Yeah. But that, that's just part of a amalgam of things. We need, again, what Hector said, more agents, some of those devoted to processing asylum, more immigration judges, more tactical infrastructure built the right way in the right high-risk areas. Yeah. An entire fence all the way along that 1,900-mile border might be unrealistic. It might be prohibitively yeah. expensive. Well, some of it We're not unrealistic. Logistically, logistically, it's yeah. not even possible in some areas. How long would it take? Yeah. You know, that that's for sure. You know, but there is this issue, and I want to talk about the, you know, just a little bit here to intersect on the border walls is uh, people say, well, why, you know, why we just need more agents. Well, you know, one of the biggest That's problems when I've visited with uh, some of the different agents, uh, border agents and uh, the directors down here of some of the different uh, border patrol stations, because, you know, they're all in a district. They, you know, so there's, because we are, we are overwhelmed. This is a border crisis. This is, uh, this is, we want to be clear about that. Yes, to, to, say, to say it's not a, 
a humanitarian crisis like many in Congress and the media who pretty much want open borders. Right. To say that it's not even a crisis and that that's entirely made up by President Trump is a severe error. Yeah. That is yeah. monumentally yeah, it's, inaccurate. Yeah, it's a, it's a falsehood. Um, you know, we live on the border. So, I mean, we, we, we know what's going on. And we've been out with the Border Patrol agents. And uh, even in some of these meetings, you see, well, well, why would a wall work? Or why would some sort of barrier fencing? You know, they don't even have lateral, uh, they have a, a problems with lateral uh, protection. Because there's federal lands they can't even go on. So how are they going to go on that? Even if you double the border patrol agents and they're, they can't go on certain land, you know, they're, they're being, you uh, know. Hector Escamilla, speaking to the McAllen Citizens League, referred to that very thing. It's not like they can just drive along the, um, the canals and the levees and drive unimpeded along right. the entire border. And by the way, the Rio Grande Valley sector border that the Rio Grande Valley Area Border Patrol guards is almost 320 miles wide. It goes all the way from the mouth of the Rio Grande to the Falcon Dam. Yeah. You look at a map, that's a little piece of real estate yeah, there. Yeah. And so you get somebody coming across or, or a group of people coming across. And what happens is by the time they spot them, they're gone. They're already on the highway somewhere. Typically, right. And typically that's what happens. So by the time that you get to them, but if you had some sort of barrier or a wall, then they're able to actually delay them actually, you know, if there was some way they could get over. So why? Because walls do actually work. I mean, it's amazing to me. It's funny to me because, you know, most people, you know, in South Texas, I don't know, just drive down the, the streets. People have fences and walls. And it's amazing because you have such a uh, opposition against walls, but around their own property, they've got fences and well, that, barriers. That, that ties well, in why that. are those? To help, you know, to yeah. help protect yourself, to help you know, so a nation without walls is, is uh, a borderless nation is not a nation. I mean, really, you're, we're protecting the sanctity of this nation. And so... Yeah, two basic things make up a nation. The laws you live under, which is the basis of that is the Constitution. Right. And how far the jurisdiction of that legal framework goes. Yeah. The only way to measure the jurisdiction of our governments is to have state and federal lines. You need to know when you're entering Missouri or when you're leaving Missouri. Right. Because you need to know when that Texas state trooper can no longer chase you. Yeah. If I may use a humorous example. <laughs> sure. And, and <laughs> his jurisdiction ends at the state line. Yeah. It's very important to have... Because there's a U.S. border, the leader of China can't put me in prison. Yeah. Why? Because it's not his jurisdiction. Exactly. To put me in a Chinese prison. Yeah. Because there's such a thing as a border. Yeah. And we have laws that extend to those borders. Therefore, a foreign tyrant cannot grab Mark Anderson or Jason Mangum and put us in their prisons. Right. Because there's a national boundary there. And our military and our legal system stands in the way of anyone having the most powerful thing that a tyrant could have. And that would be universal jurisdiction. Yeah. That's why world government cannot be allowed because eventually someone would have universal jurisdiction. Yeah. What we mean by that is one world order. And you hear a lot of that word. But that's universal uh, jurisdiction where you, doesn't matter. That people are, they can, no matter where they are on the planet, they can put you in jail. No sanctuary, can, no immunity. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no right of uh, uh, trial by jury, yeah. no, no presumption of innocence, yeah. all the things we hold dear. Right. And one of the things that has to be addressed with the border issue is this constant refrain from the more or less open borders advocates that people, 
that want border defense don't care about people, don't care about the migrants. Right. Or migrant is a little bit of a touchy term because traditionally a migrant is someone that traveled seasonally, did some work, and then traveled back and then repeated right. the next year. Which is very actually insulting to most uh, that they do call them migrants. Yeah, it's real, very insulting. I've heard real, real migrants, migrants, both current and yeah. former real migrants, and, and my wife is Hispanic. Yeah. My wife is Hispanic too. And they, speaking for my wife, gets offended when the word migrants is used too loosely. Now, yeah. getting past that. Well, let's call them immigrants for the sake of. Yeah. Nothing could be further from the truth that those that want border defense don't care about these people coming up out of Central America. Yeah. I deeply want to know why there's a huge exodus out of Central America. McLean, if I'm getting his name right, the current acting uh, DHS secretary, secretary, was on CBS News this past Sunday. It's Friday, Friday, May 24th right now. It was this past Sunday. He told the CBS morning show on that Sunday that it'd be about a week from now as we speak. Uh He's going to Central America to find out what's going on. Right. Why there's this exodus. They are going to lose, ladies and gentlemen, their most able-bodied people in their labor forces by the tens of thousands because right now in the Rio Grande Valley alone whereas maybe a year ago you'd get four or five hundred people a day yeah and those are the ones caught no those are only the ones right. caught the only ones be, that they know about be, being apprehended at the border now we're looking at a thousand to sixteen hundred a day right they're estimating upwards of a hundred thousand a month if left unabated yeah which would in a year's time exceed a million and so yeah, we're already over 150,000 in the in the last three months. So that means that although it's been a children, sad, yes, 150,000 children. Just to give you a, a picture of what's happening, right? Although uh, people um, like like um, Michael Vickers, a veterinarian in Brooks County, uh-huh. uh, who has been to uh, forums in the valley, media sponsored forums about the border. Although he will tell you that people from all over the world are showing up on his Brooks County ranches, which borders the Rio Grande Valley, one one uh, county to the north of Hidalgo County, comes Brooks County. Right. Falfurious, which is a border checkpoint of the Border Patrol, is in Brooks County. Right. He will tell you uh, that people from dozens of countries around the world are making it over our southern border. Yeah. The Border Patrol will, will tell you that uh, 44 or more countries, uh, Pakistan, Iran, Iraq, Eastern Europe, China, India. India is a big one, yeah. So, number one, it's not just Central Americans. Number two, even if you only focus on the Central Americans, they are losing tens of thousands of their most able-bodied people, their labor forces, in an exodus. Yeah. Now, imagine if America was not gaining 1,000, 1,600 a day, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100,000 a month. Imagine if we were losing that many and they were going to another country. Yeah. Our states and our federal government would be going, where are you going? Come back. Don't, don't do this. Because we would be losing able-bodied people, the elderly and many of the very young and the sick and disabled and the infirm are not going to be those traveling yeah. 1,800 miles across Mexico to get from Guatemala to South Texas. Yeah. So the anti-human thing to do is to allow this exodus to go on. Therefore, the argument that people that want border defense and want to stop this huge exodus and want Central American countries to repair themselves to, for those people that have good lives, 
for them not to feel compelled to come here and for the whole situation to be alleviated and, and cured and solved. The people that want that to happen, and that includes those that want border defense, yeah. are not without mercy. We are not being inhumane. Yeah. The inhumane person is, the, is those that, that expresses a pseudo-humanitarianism that says, oh, we have to help them all, and says nothing about the bigger picture, and right. says nothing about this loss Let's just of open the borders and just, just let, let it go. That go. is not humanitarianism. That's right. That is pseudo-humanitarianism. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yes, you can help those that are in immediate trouble, and you should. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Catholic Charities do a tremendous job here in McAllen. But if they deny looking at the bigger picture, if they say that everything right. is okay the way it is, and that no changes should be made, and that this exodus should not be stemmed, then I'm sorry, you're engaging in a deceptive form of pseudo-humanitarianism. Yeah. You are not striving to put an end to the larger picture, the bigger problem. Yeah. Well, that's what's happening is and then it begins to snowball. It's right. snowballing. That's why it's a crisis because it wasn't fixed. I mean, they weren't even putting Band-Aids on it. So there has to be uh, immigration reform to take and, place. And border defense. But it has to include border defense. The whole system and process has to change. You know, that's why President Trump is pushing for asylum seekers that it would be in Mexico, that all those cases would be heard. That seems pretty intelligent to me. So you have to, you, you know, you yes. have to come up with ideas. And that's not immoral and that's not inhumane. Or it's because you, you actually are hateful or racist because, no. look, we are a nation of immigrants. I mean, I could tell you my great-grandfather in the year 1900, I can go to Ellis Island at the age of seven years old, he was put on a ship from Czechoslovakia. He's Hungarian, Czechoslovakian from the Czech Republic, put on, a, on the age of seven years old by himself and sent in the year 1900 to America. However, and he's there signed in, but there was a order. process. There was a process. There, there was, was a process. Right. There was order to it. Screening they for, knew, screening they for actually, diseases. Yeah, screen for diseases, which right now, just two or three days ago, Nothing. influenza, you had a 15, 14 or 15-year-old die of influenza and all the other things that are happening. There's a mumps outbreak that's happening down here. So you have all these different diseases and you're saying, well, well, why, why would we care about that? You know, my grandmother, she's uh, gone on to be with the Lord was a registered nurse. And you know where she worked? At the border. And you know what she did? She conducted to make sure that people coming across didn't have diseases. The southern border? The southern border. Now, now let, let's, let's right build, here let's on the build, southern border. Let's build on that. Just, 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 you know, what's that, 30 years ago? Yeah. The, 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 40 years ago? The, I'm sorry, I got to call them out. The McAllen Monitor and many other media, not all, but many other media in the Valley, particularly the McAllen Monitor, uh, never saw a border wall or border defense policy it didn't want to abridge or break. Yeah. It never saw a Trump statement that it didn't want to counter, no matter how sensible's, uh, sensible Trump's ideas might be. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is that yes, you have mercy. Yes, you care for migrant families and children. But you also have to solve the bigger problem. Otherwise, exactly. you're constantly putting a Band-Aid on a problem that, that will never end. And the very right. fact that we don't have orderly immigration, the very fact that there's not even a pretense of screening for diseases. And then when those who come across the border are diagnosed with having what, what the medical system calls AIDS, the McAllen Monitor blames it on homophobia. 
Yeah. As opposed to the simple fact that children that die in custody when they get to America caught the illness that made them sick, that, that brought about their death because of the long route that they were forced into by the open border of the U.S. that incentivizes the coyotes and the human traffickers and the drug traffickers and the MS-13 and the drug cartels. Yeah. The border incentivizes all that. The kids in transit, even though they might get bus rides, are bound to get sick. They might die while they're in custody, but they got sick on the way here That's because right. of this system yeah. that these pseudo-humanitarians don't want to stop yeah. or, or act like they don't want to stop. I mean, if you take them at their word, they act like, well, just help everybody and just don't even worry about anything else going on. Yeah. But that is a denial of the problem. That's going to lead to more humanitarian yeah. crises, not less. That's going to be, lead to more children dying, not less. Yeah. So border defense is tough love. But tough love sometimes is necessary. Yeah. yeah, it is. Because obviously we're a sovereign nation. We need to protect. There needs to be security. Um, obviously from disease, from people, gangs that are coming in MS-13. But actually there's terrorists that come across too. That's right. And they've actually caught them. And, and coming from Libya, coming from uh, Syria, coming from different places where they were you know, linked. They were actually able to link them back to either Al-Qaeda, ISIS or some sort of terrorist group. So, or, they, or they could be double agents. Right. And, and the thing is, is if right. we have over 40 nations, peoples coming in here, then we have a big, nebulous, mysterious problem. You might think you know something about all the Central Americans. Some families are real, some are not real families. But imagine the ambiguity and how nebulous it gets in trying to figure out the backgrounds of people from 40-some-odd other countries. Right. Then you have, as you say, the potential for terrorism, and now the drug cartels are making, as Hector Escamilla said, the Border Patrol acting chief that I met, as he said, um, they're making 20 grand a head, up to 20 grand a head, right. human trafficking. They're making more on the human trafficking than the drugs. And on her show, um, Full Measure, CBS commentator Cheryl Atkinson this past Sunday again, uh, on the show that was after McLean was on there, on her show, Full Measure, she hired Laura Logan, a noted journalist, a young lady, and they determined, and they began to talk, contrary to most mainstream media, they yeah. began to talk like us, Jason. They said right on CBS News, with the Rio Grande Valley in the world spotlight for the fourth or fifth time in the last six months, they yeah. said right on CBS News, which you wouldn't hear on most mainstream stations, <laughs> the border is incentivizing the human trafficking, the open border is is the chief magnet and cause for the traffickers and um, drug cartels that put the men, women, and children and families at risk. The real humanitarian crisis is because the border is relatively open. Wow. Yeah, Mark calls me and says, you would not believe what I just heard. And you're, you know, they're, they're talking like we talk. Yeah, because, um, because the weight yeah. of the facts is undeniable. Yeah, it's undeniable. And so it's almost like oh, Congress, you see, and really, we're, we're, we're seeing, you know, the left is just putting their head in the sand almost. Oh, it's... it's you know, or, or wanting you to put your head in the sand and say, oh, it's all going to be okay. This will all pass, you know, and then when, once you get your head out of the sand, everything will be fine. It's not going to be fine if action is not taken. And so that's what's happening. That's what... If there's any obstruction, it's the obstruction of Congress stopping... From anything happening, you know, they're legislators. They need to get back to legislating. They need to get back to. I heard McClaney, the assistant, uh, well, I mean, the acting uh, secretary of DHS, of the DHS mm -hmm. where they are asking 
they, they were actually promised already to get something, money for like 2,000 beds. And uh, they have still not got it. They're not, and he says, as far as it looks like from us, we're not going to get it. So Congress is doing nothing about it. That's why you got to get out, talk to your local rep, and also talk to obviously your state, uh, your state and local reps, whoever's there in the and area, federal. and federal. So get find who your U.S. senator is, find who your U.S. representative is, and go and talk to them and find out what they're doing about it, and put them on the spot that they need to take care of this. You know, we we go out actually and we visit with different ones and. You know, find out what are you doing about it. And uh, all you hear is, is a lot of hot air a lot of times. Some of them do have an action, a plan of action. Some of them actually agree with Trump and what he's trying to do. But then when it comes to the wall, boy, you just find they are against the wall. And so, the, the, but the wall, you got to understand, we were talking about lateral defense where the Border Patrol can't even, they have big problems laterally patrolling. And uh, even on federal, federal land, you know, they can't go on certain land. Wildlife refuges, Wildlife refuges. Yeah. They can't go on. See, people, you, people, most people don't even know that. So there's this, there is this real issue. But even like we were talking, um, you know, my, we go out and then we actually minister. Like there's a respite center here that sees upwards of 1,300 people in a 24-hour period. New people every day. One respite center where they – and my wife actually uh, – uh, because obviously most of them speak Spanish. My Spanish is not that great. My wife's Spanish is his first, her first language. And so she's ministering to people and interviewing and asking them. And there's this gentleman from Honduras that says, that was given the whole scoop. Well, why are you here? How did you, how did you get here? How did you know about this? And then he said his country, the Honduran government, is actually notifying people. To come to America, if you have children, it's better for you. These are the steps you need to take. The America, open arms. Well, you can go right in. There's no problems. You'll be able to go in, and the government, U.S. government, will take care of you. So that's happening in these different countries. Now, we don't know 100% if that's the government NG or if it's an NGO, or an NGO right. a non-government organization that's doing that. But this one from Honduras said, no, this is from the you know, that's what he said. It's from the Honduran government actually notifying you, telling you, saying go. And obviously there's a lot of problems. And so the government is basically saying, we can't take care of you. There's no employment. You know, he said there's no employment. And obviously violence and things was on the rise. Um, but you're, you're seeing these precious people. And that's what they are. People are the best thing on the planet. And uh, But even with the fact of putting a wall up, I mean, it would it – would, you know, maybe they'd get the picture. Well, maybe there would yeah. be, you know, there's got to be that. If there was real border defense, and we drew and that's the, a good way to we, say it. And we drew the, we drew the line and said, we simply cannot let any more in. Yeah. There would be a little bit of a painful period, but sure. eventually the word would get very quickly back down along the chain yeah. that we can't just hop and, and skip and traipse over to America again. Right. And then you start to address... In those countries, what's going on? Right. Then, you, has then be, you begin to solve the problem. Yeah, it has to then be we talk to a Mexico. collaborative effort. Right. Then we talk to Mexico and we go, look, we're going to have a little chat here. Yeah. We wouldn't allow people from Canada to march through America just so they could bash into Mexico. So don't you think maybe we need to do something? Yeah. Hmm. And that's just it. Yeah. Something has to be Mexicans, done. Mexico's government has a lot to answer for. Yeah, they, they do. Oh, they do. Because uh, right now they're not co cooperating with us. They can say they are. They say all kinds of things. Yeah. I am not even remotely convinced. Because why would they allow 
or should they allow, or how can they allow that number of people to go across their country and not assist the United States? Now, there's a little, a little uh, caveat in there. Um, I talked to uh, some experts in the field, and evidently, in, under the hate convention, when someone leaves a country that is said to be a threat to his life and seeks asylum, the, under the Hague Convention, they're supposed to go to the, the first relatively non-hostile country they enter and right. seek asylum there. Right. So technically, evidently, if someone leaves Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua, whatever, once they get to Mexico, they're supposed to ask, yeah. ask for so asylum. So there you have there. it. Now, the problem, I, I was told, is that the Hague Convention, the U.S. and Canada and Mexico, the NAFTA nations, are all party to it. Mm -hmm. However, simply being party to it is not enough. Each country has to have a bilateral agreement. Evidently, America and Canada have that bilateral agreement, uh -huh. but America and Mexico do not. So because there's no bilateral agreement with America and Mexico, yeah. Mexico is not obligated to... Uh, enact itself, I guess is the right words, to, 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 to step forward as that first country that the Central Americans come to. And so there's like this lack of legal adhesive, legal obligation uh, that, that casts everything into some sort of vacuum or some sort of netherworld. And Mexico, maybe out of some sort of indirect sanction against us, maybe it's a an act of uh, betrayal, maybe they're simply being indifferent. Uh -huh. They're not honoring that to be the first country uh, for, for these asylum seekers, and they're just pointing toward America directly yeah. or indirectly yeah. by design or default, uh, whatever yeah. Something, it might be. There's a breakdown. There's a breakdown there. There's a breakdown there. And, and I, I really think, in my opinion, Mexico is a huge contributor to this problem. Yeah. Well, because they're probably financially in some way, be it the cartels or whoever's driving this too, because like you said, the the drug cartels are making more money smuggling people and than they are on the drug trafficking. So we got about five more minutes. So maybe we should start kind of yeah, winding we, some things up. But to, to summarize, I would just note that there is nothing inhumane about securing our borders and ending the exodus in Central America and making everyone's lives better. There is going to be a transition where a little bit of inconvenience and pain and, and disappointment would be involved. But tough love usually will end up being the right kind of love. Yeah. Uh, simply to keep feeding the hungry and patting ourselves on the back and not looking at the bigger picture is the kind of humanitarianism that will not last and will break down. Yeah. And I understand the impulse, but that's not solving the problem. Solving the problem is the only direction yeah. to go. And we say that because we care about people. People are precious. I say it all the time. People are the best thing on the planet. So, um, you know, so we care about people, but you have to address the issue um, because then it's going to get worse. And actually those people, it's going to be worse off for those people. And then that, those problems are coming over here. And so, and then it's going to begin to affect our society, which you do begin to see happening already, especially with gangs and the different things. But when it comes to the position of the wall, I'll just tell you God's position. Um, God endorses walls. I mean, in heaven, there's a wall around heaven with the pearly gates. So not anybody can just get in, right? I mean, there's a whole book. It's called the book of Nehemiah, where God talks to Nehemiah and says, go rebuild the walls. 
So then it talks about the new Jerusalem that God's going to build. And it says that there's walls around it. I mean, beautiful, big walls, great walls. And it gives the measurements of it. So God endorses wall. I mean, from the perspective. So I'm just going to give a, a biblical perspective on that too. So walls are not a bad thing. You know, they want to try to equate this. And maybe in closing, we'll say this. They want to equate this to the Berlin Wall. Yeah, the Berlin Wall was a containment wall to keep people from leaving. Right. This it's is, a, it was a prison. We, yeah, like a prison <laughs> wall. Uh, so, so that's conflation again. Right. That's where you take two things that are not really the same and you try and make it sound like they're the same thing. Yeah. That's a common linguistic... Um, uh, mind manipulation technique used by psychologists, psychological warfare, by media. Um, it's just simply not true. There's yeah. just no other way of saying it. It is categorically false to do that. <laughs> and, and so uh, we just need to head toward real humanitarianism. Right. Patch up those countries in Central America. Uh, get, get all the countries in order. Get cooperation going. Stop attacking the president. Yes, the president's made some mistakes and oversights. There's a lot of unused FEMA trailers and temporary housing that could be used right. very cheaply that they're not harnessing. Maybe Mr. McLean will discuss that. We'll wait and see. Yeah. Uh, no one is saying the president is perfect, but he is the commander in chief and he is able legally to declare an emergency and take a number of actions without always having to doff his hat to Congress. Yeah. So. Let's, let's give the president a little more slack. Let's secure our border. Let's defend our border. Let's make everybody's borders more sound, everybody's lives better. Yeah. Central America, South America, North America, and beyond. This is about repair and revival. This yeah. is not just more of the same old, same old, that's keep right. on keeping on. Yeah, that's right. It's about reform. And so that deadlock has to end. So in closing, you know, that's where you can get involved. Go meet with your, uh, your U.S. representative. Go meet with your U.S. Senator and talk to them. See what they're doing. Get engaged and get, uh, get active in what's going on because there is this deadlock. And also what you can do is pray. One of the things that we pray every single day. Cause, and I'll say this. We pray for our Border Patrol. We pray for our customs. We pray for our law enforcement, our military on a daily basis. We love them and we support them. And so one of the things, too, that you can pray about is... You know, pray for the Border Patrol. Pray for all of this to resolve. But on a daily basis, we pray that every wicked plan of the enemy, every wicked plan of man would be exposed and be brought to naught. And so and that's what we're believing God for, a great spiritual awakening, that this nation will be shaken and changed. God's not done with America. And so we're glad that you're watching. Always great, Mark. I mean, this is so fun. And we're going to be doing more of these. Um, and eventually we'll have a whole channel just about issues of government, issues on all different the banking on financial all liberty freedom everything about the constitution because that's what we stand for and we stand for the word of god and uh so we love you thank you for watching god bless bye-bye see you